Thanks for dropping into the Airdrop Show. My name is Caleb. On the internet, I go by Phosphorus. The Airdrop Show is a show for NFT enthusiasts, artists, and creators alike who are eager to find the next big thing and want to get behind the scenes of what's happening in NFTs. Today, we're talking with Jake Freed, a super rare NFT artist who's had his art sold at Christie's, and I just found this out, who's actually in the Proof Grails 2 collection, which is really awesome. I'm really proud and happy for him. Jake describes his work as destroying and reworking the same image over and over again to create a highly detailed one-minute mind-bending animation. Let me tell you, his work is mind-bending. Today on the podcast, we talk about how Jake completes his work. We talk about his jump into NFTs and Web3. And lastly, we talk about what he tells his students about how to think about their art. Before we drop in, this is your daily reminder to please subscribe to the show to keep finding new and upcoming artists. And you can find us on Twitter at Airdrop Show, and you can find Jake at Jake J. Freed. That's Jake J-F-R-I-E-D on Twitter. Make sure you go follow and support. And without any further ado, let's drop it. All right, everybody. Today we have a really special guest. We have Jake Freed. Thank you so much for coming on with us. I have a real quick question to get us started off here. You have a love of museums. What is it about museums that really gets your artistic juices flowing? Sure. I mean, obviously, they're a great place to take in work from a lot of different artists at the same time. So typically in a gallery, right, you're just getting one show. And art museums come in all shapes and sizes. I mean, a lot of them have informed my work, and I love a lot of different museums. Uh, But yeah, just growing up, going to the art museum is when you really click into like what art is, the history of it, how you can engage with it in different ways and just sort of like have it all in one place. And then in my life, like obviously they've been really important to me. And then I ended up working for over 10 years at the Museum of Fine Arts here in Boston. So it became my home, right? I would go there every day. I actually moved specifically back to Boston. It's a longer story, but like right across the park from the museum so I could be close to it as an artist. And I was studying art history and uh, yeah, I ended up teaching at the museum and yeah, I mean, the museums and the art is always there for people to go in and out. And I know, having worked at one, that most people go to museums as tourists or once or twice in their life. But to be in an encyclopedic collection and go every day and see it change and, and really have longer term relationships with the work is pretty special. And as an artist, it's huge because ultimately I'm trying to make work that I think at least is having a conversation with what came before me and might be worthy of being in that in that place long-term. I recommend people go to art museums. And again, being in the NFT space, it's always interesting when you talk about in real life stuff versus virtual stuff. But I, I obviously like going to a museum physically uh, is an amazing experience. And now with virtual technology, I mean, you can actually kind of go to a lot of great museums online. And I don't think it's exactly the same, but you can get a lot of the same kind of education and information and inspiration. Yeah, there is- there is something about going to a museum and seeing art from 100, 200, 300 years ago and really being able to relish in that. And I think now with NFTs, we have a similar capability in front of us. Yeah, with I mean, art that's, on the blockchain. that's kind of one of the big reasons I got into it, especially with digital work. So it's a long story, but my work is hand-drawn. It's like made physically, but I... I scan and photograph the images and destroy them and rework them to create these these moving animations and kind of like moving paintings. So my work is is physical, 
but it's destroyed when I make it. So it's sort of like there's just a digital record of, of this process. So as an artist thinking long-term about the preservation of my work and like how it's consumed, um, yeah, it's been an interesting ride, right? Like my work evolved as like the internet evolved and as streaming evolved and as smartphones evolved and social media evolved. So uh, none of us know exactly where it's going, but there was no authentic way of like having a digital asset that could be preserved and protected, um, which is you know, raised all sorts of interesting things in, in my career, but um, with the, with NFTs and the blockchain, you actually can do that. And I don't think it's really at this point like a wild leap of imagination to think that the blockchain will be around in a hundred years um, and hundreds of years, and and is sort of like the best long term kind of like preservation that we have in this digital age. It's really cool. We're just at the beginning of it, which is kind of wild, right? So I just mentioned my first work uh, a little more than a year ago. Um, and talking about hundreds of years from now already, but that's kind of where it's at. Cause a lot of, of the work that I've been, I've been making this work for, you know, 10, 15 years. Um, and it's been we're, with all the conversations we're having in the space right now, it's been freely shared, stolen. What is ownership of it? I've licensed it. People can like buy it, but do they really, really buy it? What does it mean to own it? What is ownership? What is art? All those big right. questions. Um, so yeah, it's really cool. And, and I like that my work is part of that book. All right, so let's let's dive into the work because it is amazing. First time I saw it, I was literally blown away. It, it it's they're fast moving images, and it it just all I saw was black and white as it's frame by frame that the the image evolves as it moves forward. Um, if you're watching this, I'm definitely going to show it. If you're listening, I need you to go to the description and look this stuff up because you have to see it to believe it. And from what I've gathered, it's it's just a single piece of parchment, paper, bright backing, and it's all done with ink and whiteout. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. So it's a, it's a very simple process to explain, but the, the repercussions and like what, what comes out of it can be really kind of complicated. Like you're saying, like it is, it's visual art. Like you have to see it to understand what we're talking about. So yeah, uh, if you hear this interview, I please check out the work. Most of it's very short and obviously you can look at it for a long time, but once you see it for a few seconds, you kind of understand what, what I'm what, what I'm doing. It's one drawing, basically, on a, she on a sheet of, like, paper. Um, and, yeah, I'll draw an image. I'll scan it. Then I'll rework or draw over it or paint it out, scan that, then rework on top of that and scan it, rework on top of that. So it's animation in sort of this, like, progressive way on one sheet. So not frame by frame with multiple kind of, like, flipbook animation. But basically, it's like a time lapse of a painting. That's how my work evolved. I started as a painter. And I just kept changing and reworking my paintings. And ultimately, I, I realized, like, I'm just more interested in that evolution of the image um, and kind of f finding the image as you make it rather than, like, making a painting, making an image that's just a still image. So it's basically a time lapse of, like, you, everyone, you know, we've seen a bunch of this, right? Someone's, like, building a drawing up from nothing into the final piece. But instead of, like, finishing it, it just keeps going forever and keeps adding to it. And uh, yeah, I work on my pieces from like six months to a year on these things. And they ultimately mostly become these one minute loops that are really dense. So it's one drawing that I rework for a year to make like a one minute animation is essentially what I tell people. What's cool about NFTs and digital space is that the work is really much more than that. I always say like that's the most condensed form of what I'm making, kind of taking this whole drawing that I put together over the course of a year into like one minute as fast as it could be. Um, but now that we can kind of break it apart or fractionalize it, we're playing with that. A couple months ago, I released 
the Night Vision series, which is actually taking one of my films that I sold on Super Rare and breaking it up into the individual drawings. Oh. And so it's a collection. You can see every drawing from the first blank page all the way to the last crusty piece, you know, a year later, um, and titled each one. Like, the work is is video, but it's also just a sequence of images. My work's really funky like that, where it's, I'm a physical artist. I had success, like I had a traditional career. I'm a professor of animation. I've had a lot of, I just posted this recently, but like since 2013, I've had like 200 exhibitions or festivals or, you know, screenings and stuff. But until kind of the web three NFT space, like it was very difficult to monetize the kind of work that I'm making because it's right click save, right? And to be an artist, experimental animator, like you don't get paid a lot of money to do like film festivals or gallery shows. And to sell the work is really tricky. You got to do like additions through galleries. So again, any artists who are out there like pre this era, like I would have, and I like resisted like signing with the gallery, having them sell my videos in addition of five, taking 50% of all the profits. I'll never get royalties on them. And their copyright, they get taken offline or they're owned by people. Um, so it's like completely the antithesis of like what I'm about. So I've made my career by teaching and by licensing my work um, to specific, you know, TV programs or, or bands and performances, um, and just kind of holding on to them. But it's been a very exciting year to see this all change and evolve. So yeah, since then, again, I, I had work at Art Basel in Miami, like that was with Super Rare, and then I just had my first piece auctioned at Christie's in June. Everything's clicking with the kind of work I've been making for 15 years, and uh, it's just, it's very cool. How does that feel as an artist? Like the, the technology almost caught up to what you were doing. Yeah. So honestly, it, it feels like I knew this was going to happen kind of thing. I didn't know in what form, but it was kind of obvious that, and everyone says this now, it's like digital art is like some of the, what is happening in the art world and what artists are doing and culture goes where it wants to go. And like, that's where it's at. And as an artist who works at a museum, and as an educator who works with young people, we don't want to separate the museum from like, right. We've already had pop art. Like <laughs> at this point, like what, 80 years ago, like we've already made the mind click that like, wow, popular culture and like fine art have a conversation. And like, I watch Netflix. Like I have, my work is like art and in museums, but like I also license it to like Netflix shows and like music concerts. There's something really democratizing about the internet and art. And I've always had like one foot in like, you know, I teach it in a university and at a museum, but I'm also like an artist who was online and like putting my work on YouTube and having people comment on, on Instagram. So in my mind, like the art world is going this way anyways. It was it just took sort of this. It's really the cryptos thing, which I, it's still, I think, a lot the barrier to a lot of artists getting into the space or understanding it. And for me, too, like before really uh, NFTs, like I did not care very much about Bitcoin or crypto. But now that I'm in it and I understand how this market works, like it's actually like that is the breakthrough. It's all on chain and like the blockchain and that it's it's like an open, trustless ledger. I've always been confident that my work was important. I've got enough feedback about it and like, you know, enough success from it. And I personally like really believe in the work that I make. I put a lot of effort into it. It's like my life's work, my mission. It's what I do every day. Uh, it's very important to me. I'd say like this commercial or like, Social economic success is really exciting and unexpected. And I'm entering my late 30s now. So just like the life cycle of an artist, like my 20s was about like finding myself and my voice and really grinding and like honing my craft and developing a really unique process and like point of view. And again, hopefully to make work that's like uniquely mine. Then getting a job teaching and like, you know, getting married. And I had my first kid a few years ago. And then COVID happened 
and like everybody, like it sort of makes you take stock of what's going on. Right. And I had a young kid, I was making this work and I was basically trapped at home and I wasn't going out. I was teaching from home and it's sort of like, I have this great work. Like I deserve to make this work and like not stress about teaching and like be able to raise my kid. And like, it's not selling out, but it's like, there's an opportunity to really like make a market around your work and like yeah. um, move to the next level of being like a professional artist, which every artist has to figure out what that means for themselves. I never wanted to like sell merch. I never wanted to do, I've done commissions like for Harley Davidson and stuff, but like, that's not really what I want to do. I just want to make my work. And uh, yeah, I feel like the circumstances of COVID web three and just like my life led to like, let's embrace this new technology. And I hope I'm like setting a tone for what's possible in the space and the, the level of quality. And like that, this is a place where serious art and like culture can have a conversation. Obviously we're going through kind of like a bear market or a downturn and all that stuff. But like, I don't have doubts long-term that like what this space is, is going to be evolving into like where a lot of the creative conversation and like cultural conversations are happening. hundred percent. There's this weird, perfect storm that's currently going on and you're in the middle of it. Having done a lot of this work previous, like you did the grind, you put stuff together story after story. I listened to it is COVID and the artists. There's something that happened there. And a lot of us got a wake up call or there was something. And now this, this crypto bull run and now NFTs and now we're in it and now this crash and everyone was like, okay, maybe it's over. But now I think it's almost good because we're seeing the artists who are here to stay, the ones who, who believe in themselves and their work and what they're doing are staying and the work is only getting better. Yeah. I saw this coming too. I mean, right. Like, like last year people were saying like PFP, Still a thing, still going to be around, but like clearly there was a, what, I don't know what the word is, like an exuberance about it. And like, right. it was just so big, it was clouding out a lot of the art that was happening. But yeah, it started with art and like art is obviously talking about museums again, like right. there are cultural waves and like we see these meme collections go up and down, but like, like let's think like more, like more than like six months to a year, like what actually matters and lasts. And I've seen again, like you said, like my work's been online now for like 15 years and like it's still relevant and we're going to keep going through waves. Like you're saying too, like I was part of that. I think we're all riding that's, you know, there's a collective unconscious and we're all riding that same cultural wave, but like Instagram just sort of like right when COVID was hitting, it's like, what is Instagram for anyway? Like more like, what are we right. doing? <laughs> and like a lot of artists are grinding for, and even in my, I teach portfolio classes at art school. And it's like, I went through the wave of teaching them to like make their portfolio website, like send, Things to being like, it's all about Instagram, man, to DM your favorite studios, pin it to the top. And that's how people actually got jobs. And then all of a sudden it became like, everyone's just hustling for like five seconds of attention and likes and follows. And like, it's not translating into like art communities, like growing or real conversations or anything beyond. Right. And now, I mean, I'm using Instagram as like sort of a metaphor for like how we consume art online and everything. But like, when I go to Instagram now, I find it very difficult. I don't know. It's like just like wild and like overwhelming and, and uncurated and not what I remember it being, I guess, like where I would just go look at dope art artists. Like I just follow artists and looked at their work. Like that was it. And I think, I mean, we look back when Instagram really did change the game, right? It was, it was an app made for photographers right. and we saw this big wave and all waves have ups and downs and they might be experiencing a down right now. That's a, maybe a personal thing you want to, everyone's talking about it currently. But as, as somebody who's looking at a younger generation, who's thinking about how do they get their art out there? Now you're in this NFT space. What are you thinking about how artists can leverage this new space? What are some maybe practical one, two, threes that somebody can do to get in? 
Yeah. What I always tell my students. So whenever I, I'm asked for like advice about Web3, I just think about what I teach my students. And it's like, it's the same lessons apply to life really as to this space too. And the big picture is learn how to navigate the world rather than navigating any specific space. Because what's going on right now is not going to be what's going on in five years. I never did this before. It's new for everyone who's in it, right? Uh, but the big, the big lesson you learn as an artist is like network really matters. Like it's ultimately about people. And especially in the internet, you can forget that like there's real people behind all this stuff. But when you're in school and you're a young artist, like the most important thing you can do is like make connections with other artists, reach out to artists that you admire, who like can be mentors for you, like go to museums, go to gallery shows, go to festivals, like see what's out there, be a part of like the real world and have a conversation as an artist. And then like, if you want to get work or you want your work to be seen, like it's not hard. You're like, you're already like in it. Like there's that community is there. So my big thing for people yeah, entering the space is like find your communities and actually be a part of it and and like help each other out and and don't treat it as sort of like a solo grind and it's just you and like you're looking for people to collect your work. Right. It's hard for me to know like you're saying because I had like a kind of de uh, a practice defined before this all started, but I am wary of like like make a separation as an artist between like your journey as an artist and your journey as like selling work and that. Um, Sales don't define your like same thing with social media, right? Like likes and follows and sales like don't define you and what's working. And it's really hard <laughs> to be a unique artist with something to say that has like it takes that ten thousand hours. So just like be patient and really put in the work and be really authentic and don't expect a lot of like gratification or reward. Doing the work itself has to be the gratification. Um, I think everyone's got to find their own way too. But like yeah, obviously the big thing is like work really hard and like put a lot of effort in and take a lot of risks and try to be unique. This is like, be uniquely you make work that no one else can make, but you. On that point, how did you find this? I feel like your style is really unique. It probably didn't start black and white. How did you find this uniqueness in what you're doing? Yeah. So I thought my journey is long. I mean, like I started as an artist as like, I always tell people kind of like a teenage, like an angsty teenager having an existential crisis. I think that's where a lot of art and creativity comes from in young people. I see that in my students clearly. Uh, so like most of my art was just like an outlet, a raw, pure, like it's like my diary, right? Like I had to draw. That's what art was. And then as you like mature and like learn about, you know, form and history and conceptual theory and you go to all these different places. And so, yeah, I studied painting in college. Like I studied art history and like I was doing oil painting and, and really large scale stuff. And uh, I reached a point where like for me, art making it was coming back to like, it really was about losing myself in the process and feeling like I'm finding myself or discovering something that's bigger than me or I didn't know. So kind of that spiritual approach to art making. Um, and that's what led to this time-based stuff where it was like, it was just changing. And then I kind of, I kind of came to home base where it was like painting is really crazy to do for what I do because it's, I'm reworking something. There's a lot of glare. It's like messy and I'm trying to do something right. long-term and lighting. And so it just sort of like simplified itself down into like drawing whiteout was sort of like a happy act. Like once I started using whiteout for something, I was like, wow, this dries really fast. It's like I can draw on top of it. It's made for that. It's cheap. I can go buy it across the street. And it's like, whoa. And you, if you go through my work, you can sort of see how I arrived at where I'm at now, where it's like very fine pen and ink and whiteout. Um, kind of refined stuff that I've been working with. This is a, uh, 
there's a whole conversation right now about like an artist needs to stick to a style or not. And like, and really that conversation kind of makes me like want to laugh. Like it's so dumbed down, but let me just say like style is a stupid word because it's not about like the way it looks. It's more about like your artistic voice. Like you're think about yourself as like a director, as an auteur, like you're a human being. So like your work should have the tie of it's all coming from the same person and the same mind. So like most artists find this like through line where like they're exploring their work technique, they're exploring ideas and one piece sort of like leads to the next one. That's where I'm at now. So it's like, I don't think of myself as having a style as much as I have like an approach and a practice and I'm a human being, like I'm evolving as a person. Right. So like, you're going to see like an evolution of my work over time. Yeah. But I think for so young artists who are minting work, they're like my style is all over the place. It's like, yeah, maybe that's where like selling work becomes complicated with like finding yourself as an artist. Your work might be about like exploring all these different approaches and it's all this from the same voice. It's you see it in a lot of amateur artists. You're just imitating stuff you see, you're copying or you're playing around. Like I wouldn't buy work like that. I'm like, that's not the kind of work that I think is like we're, t we're talking about. Um, okay. So it begs the question of like the blockchain adds some interesting things here because Picasso, right, was trained as a classical artist as a kid. Right. And he was he was making incredible work, but it didn't it was somebody else's he was he was being trained to do this. And over time he evolved and found his own unique expression. And of course this his expressions are in different periods or worth different pieces. The question is as as both an educator, an artist, and somebody who's on the blockchain, would your recommendation to say these new up-and-coming 17-year-olds, 16-year-olds who are now on this? Do you just put your art on the blockchain right away or do they let it, yeah. do you just let it evolve before you put something on? What do you do? That's a great question. Yeah. No, you know what? I have no idea. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have no idea. All I will say is like, I've been very, I mean, you, this is like kind of when you're 17, you shouldn't have to think about this stuff. Right. Like you are a brand. This is, so this is what I tell my I have seniors, they're graduating. We talk about portfolio, getting jobs, what you're going to do after school. At the same time, you're making your thesis film and you're about to graduate. And like, that's when an art school, it's like, okay, you're about to leave. Like, what did you just learn? Like, right. what are you going to do? And kind of the obvious thing is like, all right, I'm a, who am I? <laughs> what am question. I selling? When I, people, I want, if I'm going to go out as an independent artist or I want to go get hired, like, I'm basically teaching my students to like brand themselves. I'm like, yeah, you're a human being, you're complicated, you're infinite, like your depths of magnitude to you, but you're also like, you are selling yourself in a marketplace of, of people and ideas. And like, you, if you're not thinking about that consciously, you're going to hurt yourself. Um, so it's like, what's your name? What's your portfolio look like? What's your real, like, what's your one paragraph description about like, your, like, and it's, it's sort of this game of like, oh, making the students discover like, oh yeah, all my work is kind of like gritty. And like inspired by like, you know, 70s, like noir, like it's like, oh, yeah, I do have like a style and a point of view. And it feels stupid to write it down. And it feels like it's like I don't want to label that's what I am. But it's like that's kind of what you are. Just like do it. Right. Um, so for artists who are 17, they're like, I'm just going to make stuff and put it up online. Blah, blah blah. It's like that stuff's online forever. Like, don't put all your shit on Instagram either. Like <laughs> curate like your brand so like people can actually like appreciate your work and understand it. This is a constant lesson for me. And I think most creative people and maybe just brands in general is like people don't have a lot of attention or a lot of time. Like you have to constantly remind them who you are and like show them your work and like keep it in front of people. And if you make it really complicated or confusing or hard to figure out, 
um, or hard to find your work, like people won't see it and right. you just won't be part of the conversation. So, um, if I were an artist, I would just say like, be really simple, have a story to tell and really think clearly about your, your journey. And that it's a different period. And maybe I, it's just my personality. Like I did not think about this sounds so conceited, but it's true. Like I did not think about making money from like being an artist probably until I needed to, right? which is like, yeah, when you're like off your parents' healthcare and like, you know, paying your own rent and completely and like working full time and like you're raising a family. Like for me, art was always a pure thing and like exploration and like it still is. But yeah, now it's like, oh, wow, I can, I can pay the bills with my art and I don't have to do other work so I can spend more time on my art. Again, the older you get, the more you realize like how limited your time is. Again, my work, I spend so much time on it. Like I don't have time to bounce around to do a bunch of different stuff or be really haphazard about what I'm minting. Like it has to be thoughtful. You are in an interesting position because a lot of people can make work on digital images and they just, you know, can put it out there real fast and it's, they can make yeah, 20 in a day if they really wanted to. But with your art, it's physical and you're working on one piece a year. That has been my failsafe for sure. Is that like if people have been reaching out to me for commissions last 10 years, it's like it's going to be like a three to six month commitment at least. And like, no. Right. And now, too, where it's like, oh, dude, like don't over mint, blah, blah, blah. It's like I can't because I, mm. I mean, I'm not going to be able to flood the market with my work just because it, it takes so much time to do it. Um, and yeah, that whole conversation about scarcity, again, it's like, it's what's right for my work. And same thing for traditional artists who are who are not, you know, taking the plunge into Web3 yet. It's like, it was right for my work. Like I, it solved the problem that I needed. My painter friends can have gallery shows, sell paintings. Like they kind of have a, a path there where like mine was in a weird place. Um, yeah. So it was just kind of perfect for my work. And like that collection too of the individual stills from a, a film, everyone's like, oh, should I make a 10,000 collection, a 1,000 collection, a 5,000, a 100 edition? It's like, my work is like 1,440 frames. Like, that's what it right. is. So that's the size of the collection. Like, it's not like I'm playing games. It's like, that's what it is. You break it up into its parts. And so I'm not like stressing about that uh, aspect yeah. of it. Yeah. What are you working on now? Where, where are you yes. in the process what are you feeling about it? Because your work, you don't have a plan when you go into it. It evolves as it happens. So wh where are you in this? Yeah, so it's, I'm in a, like a really special place right now where I started a piece. So the long story is like I typically do these one-minute films. They take like a year each. Um, and then like when COVID hit and my child was born, like when you have a kid, at least for me, like the first year was like everything got screwed up like with my – my schedule and how I work when it was great and totally worth it. But it's like, I had to focus on making smaller pieces. And I also think about the way my work's consumed. It kind of was a perfect way to kind of enter the web three where it's like, I started making square format five second loops. Cause that's what kind of like works on Instagram and works on open sea and kind of the way people consume a lot of like sort of it's a GIF essentially rather than like a, a one minute looping animation. That's like, you know, 16 by nine wide image. Uh, and so I started making these little pieces, and I could do one of those in like two or three months. And so I made a bunch of those. And then that's when I got into NFTs and the, my, some of my first editions are those Goodnight Moon and Still Life of Lemons or some of those square pieces. And right. the one I just sold at Christie's was one of the square pieces. <clears throat> so August of last year was like the finally the first time I was like, I can make like a, a year long piece again. I just got into the space and sold some work and felt like kind of excited about what's happening. Uh, so I started last year. I just finished the animate, like the last drawing, like 
two weeks ago. So it took a whole year oh. and I was doing it as this is a whole nother story, but like I was a full-time professor and doing this web three stuff full-time and working on this piece full-time last, I think everyone in the space in a way, but like 2021 was just like, ah, uh, right. and so yeah, I just finished this piece and I'm working on the sound design. So that's what I'm doing right now is sound. I always do that after I finish the animation. I do the sound for all my work. It's part of my work. You know, it's part of what I'm selling. It's part of the piece. I dig what I'm doing right now. Like people like my sound design on its own. I can never do really sound work just as is. It's always tied to the work. Um, but I'm, I always try to make it like it's looping work. I want it to be exhibited like in, in real life spaces. So um, it's not music. It's not sound effects. It's sort of this like sort of atmospheric uh, complement to the visuals. And uh, yeah, that's where I'm at right now. I'm also, I'll bring it up again not to like shill it or anything, but like that night vision series is the individual frames. It's my most affordable stuff. So like, again, the longer story too is like my stuff on super rare. I just sold my last one for 75 Ethereum on super rare. So like that stuff skyrocketing is crazy and no one can afford it. Right. So like, right. um, the whole point of the series of like individuals is like, I can have, I have like 350 collectors through that and stuff. Um, but People who collected them have the option to uh, get a print from me, hand signed of their their NFT, a one of one print. Uh, it's so much work that I, I it's like not my wheelhouse of like doing all this stuff, billing and and but I'm doing it, and uh, so that's what I'm working on too is like getting those organized and getting them printed, um, and then other secret stuff and t talk about the that the market's great for artists right now and it's like not a bear for the art. It's like no. I'm I have meetings with marketplaces and DAOs every day the next two weeks wow. and uh i'm just taking meetings like i can tell everyone who's like not in the position i'm in like there's a lot of people working on building stuff that's not launched yet like there's a lot going on and if it feels like i from my perspective it's like i'm trying to remind myself like, whoa i'm in a really cool position where i have to say no to a lot of these people because it's like all these all these things that are coming need established artists and need need actual content and culture to, and you're kind of uh boxed in because your work takes time that's right and yeah now it's sort of like going back to my students it's like i need to protect my brand as well mm. i feel really lucky that like a super rare is like really been around uh since like at least 2018 like it's right. really hard to like know what's going to stick around and yeah oh, again too like i don't know how much time we don't have enough time for it but like i if i was 17 years old and i just went through the year i went through like there's a lot of tricky stuff to navigate, right? There's like gamers and hackers and bad actors and right. uh, lots of technical stuff that you have to learn and lots of financial stuff. And like, you got to be smart. I think like a lot of this stuff is, makes sense now, but like setting up a wallet and like minting your own stuff on Manifold and understanding smart contracts and understanding and market movements, it's like not where I was at when I was 17 alongside developing my authentic art and so. Yeah, there's there's a lot happening, and I think uh, just what you said there, Jake. I'm bullish on this space. People are building way behind the scenes right now. It's a beautiful time for artists, and we're seeing more and more artists jump into the space. And I'm excited to see when your next piece comes out, obviously. And we'll have all the links in the description for people to go check that out. Went check out your work. And uh, thanks so much for spending some time. Yeah, I'm teasing stuff. Thank you for having me. I'll just say, yeah, Twitter is obviously the, the best place to follow my work in Web3. And I try to post work, you know, often. So follow me on Twitter and you'll 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 see most oh, of my stuff. Oh, it's fantastic. I think, I think you just retweeted something today. So 
Yeah. Cool. Nice to meet you. Thank you so much for having me on. Thanks for listening. I just want to say I'm so sorry about the audio on that one. I thought my mic was plugged in and it took my mic from... It took my audio from a different microphone, which is very awkward, and I'm so sorry. (laughs) If you want to come hang out with us online, you can find a Discord link in the description of this episode. Also, please share this episode with any aspiring artists you think need to hear Jake's timely and wise words. Also, thanks for subscribing and hanging out with us. I hope to hang out with you in the next episode. This is Phosphorus, signing off. Thanks for dropping in.